Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. (laughs) I'm not a bully. I'm not a bully. I might be an asshole, but I'm not a bully. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Today we continue our look back at Little House on the Prairie, Season 3, Episode 20. I'm okay with this name. Election. Yeah, they kept it simple. Mm-hmm. Jen? The writer is um, B.W. Sanford, and the director is Victor French. Yes! I knew it! I knew Victor French was behind <laughs> this. When it comes time to elect a new classroom president, Mary and Nellie are the first to compete for the position. To even things out a bit, the boys strategic- strategically elect a shy, mentally delayed classmate named Elmer Dawkins. Dopkins. The trouble is, Elmer's overprotective father is fully aware of the boy's ulterior motives, and but how far can a parent go to protect their bullied child? Can't read today. Okay, couple thoughts. Oh, wait, let me just say, we have an announcement, Jenny, some housekeeping here. Is we have a merch? store. We have a store. <laughs> I mean, we are on a store platform. We didn't build our own store. <laughs> um, It's so funny because... Dad is trying to create a store for his artwork. Uh-oh, he's going to be all over me. Guys, my dad is like a super talented painter. So he's in the Mimi Bees. Check him out. Um, So he's trying. He's like, he calls me with all these Facebook questions. Um, and I can't really help him. So he called me yesterday. yesterday yes. After yes, he called you? Did. Yes. Great. He wanted to know how to link a store, how to build a store on Facebook. And I'm like, Dad, I don't know. I don't sell Facebook's anything on, on Facebook. E-commerce, yeah. Right. Well, there's so the marketplace, after, but that's not what he used to sell his art. Right. So I felt really bad because after I made this big stink about I don't ha- sell anything on Facebook and I don't have a store, we announced we're launching a store. <laughs> you had nothing to do with it, though. I know. And it's not on Facebook. No, it's not. Facebook, right. You're not going to build a store on Facebook. This is something like... Like they make the merchandise. It's like I looked into guys. I look. I have so much shit at my house because I looked into all different kinds of ways. And like there's so many places that they were just so expensive. Like it was a fortune to get things done. And and then I looked into getting things printed and made. 
and trying to store them in my 700 square foot <laughs> apartment, but you got to buy like 20 of everything. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Guys, so, Jenny it, does nothing halfway. Like she wants to build a store. She orders one of everything to make sure the quality is okay. So I found this place and it's Teespring and they're pretty good. Like I it's checked out the quality to make it's sure that it, yeah, to make sure the quality was decent. And like, it's, it's fine. It's like a normal t-shirt with, it's silk screening and and they're reasonably priced believe it or not mm -hmm. that's like the cheapest mm -hmm. i can find that they weren't garbage things and, that they were you. and instead of giving us 50 cents that we're earning on every <laughs> shirt it gives us like a buck so you know <laughs> a little bit more for us um jenny i will say though by popular demand we need a paw shirt we need something <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to take the liability risk of me slapping Michael Landon's face on something and selling it, I'm I'm fine with that. How do people do that? I see that sometimes. They, like they get sued. They get cease and desists. That's how I don't want. I don't want you to. I don't want anybody to sue you. And I don't I want mean, you to put it Michael depends. Like like Michael Landon's estate's probably like that. It would probably be fine. We can try it and see what happens. What they, is there going to be five people who buy it? The number one. The number one is Disney. Disney will go after everyone. They go after yeah. everyone and anyone that puts anything that looks like their stuff on it. You know what? They're notorious you, for it. You tell Michael Landon's estate that if they come after us, we're going to do all some creek justice. You know what we could do? We could put the Michael Landon shirt on there and just donate anything we made up, make on that to charity. Then we're not making a profit on it and we might be okay. Yeah, we can send charity $2. <laughs> yeah, like we can mail check for $5 to places. Also, guys, if you haven't heard, my dog, Arlo Archer. Nope, that's not his name. Lafayette Beetle. <laughs> now has his own Instagram. It's not very exciting. I don't know how to do pet stuff. But he's on there. And he's cute. So follow him. Okay. We ready? Guys, we were supposed to be doing the season finale of season three, but I read this episode description. And I called Jenny. I'm like, we are doing this episode. I'm trying to get out of season three. My <laughs> God. Okay. The episode opens on a young boy in a field saving a bird. He's really sweet. And this is going to really push some buttons for me. <laughs> I have a question about touching the bird. Aren't you not supposed to touch animals that fall out of their nests? Yeah, you're not. Is that a thing? You're not supposed to? Is it like yeah. you're not supposed to touch fish? Yes. I mean, different reasons. Not you that I would ever touch a fish. Well, you, but, yeah. you wipe the slime layer off. Yeah. Uh, this is going to push some buttons for me because he's super sweet and I know he's going to be bullied. And this right. is my this is my area. All right. He saves the bird. I wrote he has a really bad haircut. We kind of agree yeah, on I'm, that. They all do. They all do. Mm -hmm. The boy places the bird in the nest and then says, see, I didn't hurt him. And I'm getting a real of mice and men vibe here. <laughs> Right? Is that what they're going for? I don't know. Maybe it's it's kind of Steinbeckian, like yes, the little house in general. Yep. Okay, in the schoolyard, Jen, the boys and girls are playing wildly, and we see. I'm just going to call them the douchebags. I have a question These... about the schoolyard. Okay, why is it looking like a mid medieval torture garden? Like they, <laughs> they kind of zoom in, and there's like there's like a wood structure with a rope hanging from it, and like, like it. What are a they doing? A guillotine in the corner. Yeah, like, what are they doing in the schoolyard? <laughs> a rack. Uh, we see some douchebag boys picking on Elmer from the opening scene. I hate, 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 hate bullies. I hate them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I know that's a controversial stance. 
Why but is I that a controversial stance? I'm just kidding. Of oh. course it's not controversial. <laughs> what are you Jenny's like, about? why do you hate me? <laughs> I'm not a bully. I'm not a bully. <laughs> I might be an asshole, but I'm not a bully. Okay, these douchebags approach Elmer and say, open your mouth and close your eyes. I'll give you something to make you wise. And Elmer does it. Mimi's, don't ever do this. No, bad idea. Somebody tells you to close your eyes and open your mouth, run. Yeah. Run, yep. punch, do what you have to do to get out of the situation. Mimi's, you have my permission to punch anybody in the face who asks you to do this. Okay. I have a question about these boys. Is this Walnut Grove's answer to the Heathers? Like, are they the Heathers? I, I really think there's a Heather situation going <laughs> It's a vibe, right? Oh, God. Okay. They put something gross in his mouth. It's a worm. I would fucking freak out. <sighs> Laura sees this. I love her. She's my little social, social, social justice, justice warrior. warrior. <laughs> love her so much. And I did write, I kind of gave my another why right in this paragraph. I wrote, this is why I've always loved Laura so much. Yeah. She stands mm-hmm. up for people. Mm-hmm. She sees it and she starts yelling at them. Laura tells Elmer to give those kids a black eye. And he says, he ain't one for hurting anybody. Besides, he's Christian. And Laura's and all she, like with the fists. Laura goes, oh, I do unto them. <laughs> She's a Cobra guy, that kid. <laughs> Speaking of, have you started watching? The Not, new yet. Not yet. Not oh. yet. I answered this weekend. Uh, am I supposed it's, to have that done by Sunday? I don't know. It starts slow, but then it picks up. Okay. Like a classic abused kid, Elmer says, but they like me, and that's why they pick on me. Oh, boy. Nope. Mm-mm. All right. In class, Jenny, this scene must have been tough for you. In class, Miss Beetle announces the class will be nominating candidates for class president and some fucking... The douchebags, I call them a douche nozzle named Kenneth, says these girls aren't going to vote, right? Women can't vote. Oh, my God. Girls can't vote. Oh, my God. Miss Beetle's like, fuck off, basically. (sighs) Miss Beetle's like, you know I'm in a power, a position of authority here, right, douchebag? And she's got her, like, beautiful eyelet shirts on the whole episode. (laughs) She really does. She's, like, all in her power, power dress. But I have a question for you. Beatles says women have won the right to vote in Wyoming. So, yes, they're going to vote. Are they in Wyoming? They're not. Right? So, she's just referencing another state? There's one place that has it. We're we're being progressive here. Okay. All right. Outside after class, or maybe during recess, I don't know. Douche Nozzle Kenneth thinks women can't be president of the United States. Therefore, they can't be president of the class. Well, this is obviously the Tea Party because they're trying to think of a way to suppress the the minority. Well, actually, it's the majority vote, but yes. <laughs> they're trying to suppress the women's vote. But I have a question. I consider myself pretty well versed on presidential history. There wasn't anything forbidding women to become president. I don't. Probably there was. It probably said a man. Was that changed after women got the right to vote? I don't know. That's a good question. Too bad we don't have an index card on that. Ugh, fuck you. <laughs> if you did your index card on Boss Tweet, I can punch you in the face. I don't know if there was actually any language. A lot of our Constitution and early documents had, like, a man in it, and they were changed. Mm-hmm. Um, or there was amendments, obviously, to it. Okay. So... All right. They're trying to think of a way to beat the girls. So they've come up with this, what I'm calling a Ross Perot strategy. Yeah, they're already candidate. Where they're going to split the vote. And we'll, we'll get to that later. Okay. 
So Nellie has run home to the store to get some candy for bribing. Yep, because she's going straight to like super packs. Mm-hmm. Even Willie demands candy to vote for his own sister. <laughs> Nels is not happy that Harriet's giving the children candy. We have this weird exchange between them where he's like, you know what the dentist in Mankato said, and I paid dearly for him to say it. Because their teeth have got to be rotting out of their mouth. Don't forget yeah. that it's pre-fluoride, like anything like that. It's true. It's true. Harriet says, this is different, Nels. Nellie's going to be class president. All right. In class, Miss Beetle says they will elect the class president just like the national election. You'll elect candidates and they will campaign for two weeks, just like Rutherford B. Hayes just did and was elected. Which- two weeks? They only campaigned yeah. for two weeks? How long How long was the 2020 campaign? Three years? <laughs> it started um, like November 5th, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely started like unofficially in like 2018. Like it was going on. Oh, for 100%. 100%. All right, Douche Nozzle says he's voting Democrat. Miss Beetle warns him, no parties. Okay. <laughs> the first nominee, Jen, is Nellie, nominated by Willie and some other chick. Well, and Nellie's like, psst, psst, like, like practically beating this chick into like second. <laughs> like she's Mr. McConnell. <laughs> as soon as she's nominated, Nellie files a motion that nomination <laughs> is McConnell. She's totally Mr. McConnell. So much. Miss Beetle's like, no, Nellie, we need more than nice one try. candidate. Nice try. <laughs> Actually, she's more like Putin. <laughs> Some boy Jim nominates Mary Ingalls, and Douche Nozzle nominates Elmer Dobkins. After school, Mary thanks Jim for nominating her, but he's in with the bullies, like, and they Mary, have a good laugh about it. Mary's a centrist, right? Like, she's like, thank you for your nomination. Like, I, I appreciate you reaching across the aisle. And I'm like, he's splitting the vote. He's splitting, splitting the, the vote. vote. <laughs> yeah. So the boys are all gathered, and they're talking about how they're going to prove that the dumbest boy in school can win over any girl. Wow. So they're splitting the vote between Nellie and Mary, and then, of course, Elmer's going to win. Okay. And how, do I, how do you feel about all these randos? I feel like there's a ton of rando boys. There's a ton of randos, and I hated these two bullies so much that I researched them because I needed to know that they did nothing with their lives. Oh, so you're taking this out on the actors. Okay. I am. All right. So the redhead dude. Oh, I hate him. With I the forget his name. Jeans. Yeah, I forget his name. He actually went on to become quite an impressive director. Oh, He's really? directed The Flash for CW. Um, he's done CSI. He's done uh, Criminal Minds. I mean, is that really an impressive director? Criminal Minds is not an impressively directed. Well, I mean, he has a professional job. Okay. So he okay. did something with his life. He did something with his life. Okay. The other dude was in one more show and then you never heard never from him heard again. again. So that I mean, he could be a doctor. Good. We have no idea. He's just not an actor. I never want to see his face again. I mean, they're just playing their actors, eh? I know. Can you imagine what it was like to be like Joffrey walking around? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Nellie. I mean, she wrote a whole book about this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Back at the Ingalls, Jen, Laura's making a campaign f- poster for Mary. And there is a tragic misspelling of the word candidate. It's a tragic poster. And I, was, I, I wrote this as Amy designing merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have a great idea. Use a silhouette of Howard the Duck. Yeah, that's going to read. That's going to <laughs> No, that. no, no. I said, use a silhouette of Howard the Duck with my quote of this is real, real bad. 
Yeah, but uh, and then Jenny goes, everybody's gonna think it's Donald Duck, and I'm like, "Mm, still applies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so guys, I took a picture of this. I'll put it in the Mimi Bees. It's ridiculous. Candidate, she spells it with three T's. I don't even know how we got there. (laughs) That doesn't even sound like it has three T's in it. Okay. Paul walks in and he congratulates Mary and Laura's going to be her campaign manager. That's my girl. And the girls tell Paul that Nellie is throwing a big cake and ice cream party and invited all the girls except them. Ma says they're going to throw their own party next Saturday, two days before the election. Good strategy. And is Laura making a negative ad campaign against Nellie? Then in a boss move. Laura's making a negative campaign ad against Nellie and calls her bossy Nellie Tweed. I love this kid. Good one. So um, as we know, Boss Tweed, like the most corrupt politician ever from New York. All right. At Elmer's house, he is tending to a chicken and his dad walks in. Jim, what are your thoughts on his dad? Um, He's a rando. I wasn't paying much attention. Like, I think he's a pretty decent dad. Yeah, he seems all right. I'm surprised. There's a weird energy in that house, I feel like, though. I'm surprised because I thought they would go the traditional little house route and make the dad an abuser. <laughs> like he's you know not an abuser, I mean? but he's definitely like he he doesn't he's not progressive like Charles. No, 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 he's not. Well, Jen, no, not everyone can climb to the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then I wrote, why does everyone's dad look like they're seventy? Because he's probably like forty. Oh my and god! It's the 70s. <laughs> Therefore, he looks seventy. This guy looks like he's. We need to look it up. Pause. Oh my god. All right, we're back. He's fifty-two. Right. So he's not that old. Wow. But he looks seventy-five. He looks seventy. Okay. The father knows the kids picked Elmer as a joke, but Elmer doesn't get it. He thinks they're friends. And I wrote, Jen, their house is pretty nice. I've Their house, the outside shot of their house, does not match the space. Does not match. <laughs> it's like way bigger inside than it looks like from outside. Guys, even Timmy commented, wow, I like that fireplace. Like, it's a nice house. Outside, it looks like Edward's bachelor shack. Well, it looks like it's 300 square feet from the outside. Not even. Yeah. Okay, so Elmer's parents are actually pretty nice. The parents say Elmer is two years behind his kid, behind kids his age. And the mother says they kept him out of school because of what those kids and the teacher in Springfield did to them. Um, Jen, what did the teacher in Springfield I, do? Why would I know that? I, I'm upset about this. Why would I know that? Is there some trauma? What's going on? I don't even understand. Like, he seems fine. Okay, I wrote that later. This kid does not seem the least bit dumb to me. Not that that should matter. but It shouldn't matter, but he seems perfectly fine. He's just, he's like, I think he's a little naive. And I think he's shy and like, He's gentle. He's gentle. He has a a kind heart. He's kind hearted. And like this, these kids just eat him up, eat him up and spit him out basically. But he does not seem cognitively deficient in any way. Okay. The next day, we see Willie running away from Nellie. She catches him and tries to bribe him. And then, holy fuck, she lights a cigar. And he's Nellie is Bill Clinton now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, 
guys, Willie is smoking he's a like cigar. Six years old, and he's smoking a cigar. <laughs> I just wrote, "How old is this kid?" Like, and then she tells him if he doesn't do what she wants and vote for her, he's she's gonna tell Nels he was smoking a cigar. How old is Willie? Because he's like super small, so he seems, but he seems much older than he is. He's like yeah. the opposite of Carrie. I'm thinking he's Laura's age. They were siblings, but they're step siblings. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's about Laura's age, but he see like he looks like his body's t- so tiny. He's so tiny. He's a tiny kid. Yeah. All right, Laura and Mary are headed to the mercantile on the same day Nellie's throwing her party. I have an issue with this. Why would Caroline, the one day Caroline can't bring the eggs in herself, is the day Nellie's having this huge party and those two aren't invited? I know what the hell. Why would she do that to well, them? We, we don't know. They could bring the eggs every Saturday. We usually see her during the week bringing the eggs before school. But I would bring the eggs because I knew the party was happening. Yeah. And like, is the outhouse, is the Olson's outhouse next to the school slash graveyard? <laughs> I don't know. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Laura and Mary. Okay. So they're headed into the Mercantile. Nels thinks they're going to the party. He's like, oh, are you ready for the party? Laura's like, we're not invited. And Mary, you know, Martyr is like, it's okay. Not no big deal. You know. So Nels, Nels again. Again. Shocked at how mean Nellie is. Again. I know. And then Nels says, well, I'm inviting you to the party. Like, no, thanks, dude. We don't want yeah, anybody from your dad. Fun. That's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> then the girls actually have to see the party and walk past the party. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They run into Elmer and they explain to him who Boss Tweed is. I mean, I love Laura for coming up with that sick burn. Well, I think that they were trying to make it seem like Elmer was dumb for not knowing. But I'm like, you can't judge his intelligence on if he knows who Boss Tweed is. No, no. Because that was something. It was actually he was arrested in 1877. So, like, it was fine at the time. right? And it's not like uh, Elmer could flip on CNN and watch it. Right. Like, if his parents didn't read it and tell it to him. Well, education has nothing to do with intelligence. He could be the smartest person in the world and not be educated right. and vice oh, versa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, back at Elmer's, his parents are discussing the squirrel that Elmer has rescued. Jen, why? Why are we talking about this? He's like Dr. Doolittle. Was that the guy with all the animals? Yeah. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. Boring, boring, boring. Boring, boring, boring. <laughs> What you need to know all this scene is the mother's making him a new shirt for lecture. <laughs> is that what we needed to take away what from What you need to know. And that's where I wrote, this kid seems perfectly fine to well, me. Well, I feel like that family's super boring. Like, there's just an energy in their house that's like snoozeville. Like, no wonder why he's friends with animals. There's always an underlying feeling in any family dynamic in Little House that there's some kind of abuse happening. That's, I feel like that's you. Projecting no, 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 no. I feel like the wife is kind of scared of the husband. Like they hint at it. I feel like, well, I think that they have a traditional male, female role. Like, cause she seems to like, like when he deals with the kid and she asks about it, he doesn't even tell her what they talked about. Right. Like he's in charge of things and she is just right. there as a wife. Like, that's a different dynamic than you see in Ingalls. Right. Or even in Olson's. Yeah. Okay, back at the Ingalls, Pa breaks it to the girls that their vote will be split and Elmer will win. 
Yeah, like, and Mary's all like, "Oh, that's why Jim nominated me." <laughs> so Mary is, is Ralph Nader. Is that what's going on now? <laughs> I guess. Pa says, "Just be nice and shake a lot of hands and pray for a miracle." Hmm. <laughs> Elmer shows up for the party. Okay, so the girls are getting all ready for their party, and Elmer shows up. But guess what, Jen? No one else comes because right. they were intercepted on the road by Nellie and Willie. <laughs> yeah. So the girls, Elmer tells Laura and Mary that the, there were a bunch of girls coming to the party and Nellie literally had a candy stand set up on the road and lured them to her house with candy for cake. These and ice kids cream. have no like moral standing. None. Like they're just bought out with like gummies or whatever. They, they didn't have gummies then. What are they gumdrops? Yes. So basically Elmer's the only one who shows up. Okay. So Jenny, later that night in the drama bar, Pa's going all independent and saying election is just another word for a shouting match and that candidates will say anything to get elected. And then he starts to tell them about the Tilton Hayes election. I have an index card. I was hoping you would. What election is Charles talking about? So Charles is talking about the election of 1876, where Rutherford B. Hayes is running against Samuel Tilton. Tilton was a Democrat from New York. Tilton was heavily favored to win because the nation had been in a crisis under the outgoing Republican Ulysses S. Grant. However, when election day came, neither candidate had a majority of the electoral votes. Tilton easily won the popular vote, but needed one more electoral vote. So nowadays, this would be the 269 versus 269 scenario. They they didn't have that many electorals then, but like that's that that terrifying scenario. <laughs> Four states were in dispute. Each party was claiming that their candidate won at the time. The Constitution did not account for the scenario. So this is interesting because it shows how we've figured these things out as we've gone along. Like yeah. now, now we have a way to deal with that. Yes. And, you know, it's because of cases, the precedent like this. Another, an additional problem was that the vice president needed to certify the election, but Henry Wilson had died a year earlier and there was no sitting VP. How is there no sitting VP? <laughs> wow. So we must not have had the secession figured yeah, out right. at that time. So like, like they were just flying by the seat of their pants in these days. Yeah. A special electoral commission of senators, House members, and Supreme Court justices were appointed by Congress to settle the dispute and avert a constitutional crisis. They had to do this before March because the the, they, the president used to be sworn in in March mm-hmm. and not uh, January. The, okay. com- <laughs> the commission awarded all the electoral votes of the four disputed states to Hayes in an eight to seven vote. One person made this decision, basically. Wow. The Democrats allegedly agreed to the decision in exchange for the withdrawal of federal troops from South Carolina and Louisiana, making it the end of Reconstruction in the South in what became known as the Compromise of 1877. Hayes also promised to not run for a second term. He went on to he enact. Didn't. Jim, he didn't, but he went on to enact Jim Crow laws in the South. Yeah, he was a yeah. dick. And um, that, was, that was one person caused that all to happen. Okay, so let me ask you about Tilton then. Tilton, Tilden. Tilden. What happened with him? Did he incite a riot and they try to take over Washington demanding stop the steal? No, that's not what happened. No. Even though that, I mean, that was literally stolen. But it's crazy that they get to a point and they're like, we never, no one ever figured out what to do with the electoral ties. Okay. So 
Jen, Paul says that candidates don't keep promises they make. And I wrote, I want to talk about this for a minute. This is very cynical for the late 70s. So I had to do a little bit of digging to find out. Why is it cynical for the late 70s? I don't know. Like Jimmy Carter's president? Really? We're all cynical about government? Jimmy Carter's president. Mm -hmm. So I had to do some digging. Because what message are they trying to send here? Mm-hmm. And Timmy Jimmy thinks, Carter president, this was what, 78? 77. Yeah, so Carter's president. So Timmy thinks that they were just trying to portray Pa as like a libertarian. A, a farmer who doesn't give a shit about other things. Like he's very mirrored in what's going on in his own life. He's got to fucking deal with his own life. He doesn't trust politicians. Which is possible. I mean, I think that's been a sentiment among people for a long, long time. That's nothing new. But are they do like are in other words, are they just writing Paul like that, or are they saying something else in nineteen seventy seven? The show. Yeah. I'm just curious. It's interesting to me. Cause you know who's right around the corner. We're about to go into Reagan. Reagan. That's a whole And I did look it up. Michael Landon was a staunch Republican. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we assume, guys, even if we're wrong, we assume Michael Landon is just the overlord of this show. There's no <laughs> question. control over no everything. Question. We talked about this. There's no question. So I'm wondering if he was, you know, like, I'm wondering if they were talking about someone specific. I mean, or... they would be talking about Jimmy Carter. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, because Jimmy Carter, you know, that's kind of the rhetoric around him, right? Is that he promised and didn't deliver. Yeah, Which, he didn't do anything. Do, yeah. some, do some research, guys. That's not what happened. He was totally fucked. But anyway, um, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me, like, to think about every, you know, if you think about writing this way, every choice is deliberate. Every line yeah. is written with a deliberate sense. You're assuming that's true for the show. <laughs> It should be, right? Because yeah. you have an hour of screen time. Like, are you're not just going to waste? Like, why make this scene with your main right. character talking right. about how politicians don't keep promises and they're all assholes? I mean, I think that that is that has been a way people feel about politics since the 1700s. Like that that's not yeah. that's not specific to the 1970s. I live in a very rural area. And people still feel this way. Like you have people a lot feel of way in the city. Yep. You have a lot of people who work with their hands where I live, like a lot of blue collar workers. And they just, they're like, none of these guys are working for us. I mean, how many politicians have run on where I'm an outsider? I'm not the political elite. I'm an outsider like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a platform. Dozens of people have run on even now. But it's funny because I was trying to look up, like, when I said Paul's going all independent, I wanted to, I was going to say libertarian, but this is not libertarian. I don't know. He's not an anarchist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the view is. There, I mean, there was dozens and dozens of political parties over the yeah. year at this time. that Like, not major ones, but there was so many different, you know, like, people, there was parties formed around specific you know, like do we expansionism? There was a party that was anti-expansionism. Like there's, you know what I mean? There's all these parties formed around specific issues. Okay. So he could have been, I think he's an expansionist though. 
He wants okay. to keep going west. So that wouldn't have been his party. But, like, he could have been anything at this point. I think you're diving way too into the mind of Michael Landon. <laughs> and it's probably just, you know, some stylistic choice he made. Well, I also found a lecture, a Q&A given at the Institute for Faith and Freedom, Grove City College. And there were these two professors who were talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder. Is this Scientology? I feel like this is a Scientology place. I don't know. They were talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder. Their names are Dr. Paul Kengor, Executive Director of the Center for Vision and Values, and Dr. John Fry, Professor of History at Trinity Christian College in Chicago. So they gave a lecture and they were talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder and her political views. Okay. And I will tell you, I'll read Dr. Fry's um, response. Primarily, Laura Ingalls Wilder published these books because she wanted to tell the stories of her and Almanzo's childhood. And she wrote them to help her make ends meet during the Depression. But the books constantly emphasized the self-reliance of the Ingalls family through the hardships they faced. Wild animals, locusts. Oh, we haven't gotten to locusts. I haven't gotten to locusts yet. Blizzards and multiple crop failures. <laughs> the books also constantly criticized the federal government for interfering in the lives of Westerners. It's pretty clear. Now, this is, I, I stray away from language like it's clear. This is their opinion. They're, yeah, you know, yep. That Laura wrote this way because she she was a vocal opponent of FDR's New Deal. That would be in the 30s when she wrote these. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. You know, I was just kind of doing a little bit of research. I mean, the, the New Deal should save the country. But I'm wondering if she, yes, yes. In but I'm wondering sense. if she, so I'm wondering, Mimi's, if you've read the book, let us know this. If Paul ever expresses this kind of sentiment in the well, book. He did. he did. Because remember when the troops came to move him off the land yes. and stuff? Like yes. he was very much like the government should stay out of my business. Yeah. Yeah. So, he definitely so, had that point of view. So if that's the case, then Landon or whoever <laughs> could have been taking from source material. Yeah. And using. So, so I was just curious as to what was going on here. But we don't know. What we don't know is. What the what it sounds like the case these guys are making is that Laura Ingalls Wilder's later politics are baked into the books, right? Like her politics from the 30s, yes, hmm. yep. as she's writing them. Yeah, hey Mimi's, we're gonna take a quick break, we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Eve from Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. This 50-year-old self-proclaimed Madonna wannabe is joined every other Wednesday by a gang of three other kick-ass Gen Xers, Courtney, Lori, and Chris, for a fun and frank discussion about what made us and what's next. Oh, and nothing is off limits to us. Do a Google search on Andy Richter pug, and you will see an MRI of my dog that will haunt you forever. Oh dear God! You look like you just had the best sex of your life. Girl, I am so tired. My best friend's wedding was yesterday. And it oh, was, like I said, I tried to take makeup off like 16 times. I was just like rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. Well, that's what he said. Uh, we were driving around Los Angeles and we saw this van and it said party goats on it. And I said, well, we got to look into that. You know you want to hear more of this. Subscribe to Gen X Stories on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow our 80s-inspired Instagram at GenXStories. Check out our website at GenXStories.com or just join our ever-growing Facebook group. We all have a GenX story. What's yours? 
Okay, we're back. At the schoolyard, the douchebags are terrorizing Elmer again. They convince him to make a stump speech by literally shoving him onto a stump. (laughs) Literally putting him on a stump. His father witnesses all of this, and Miss Beetle comes out and freaks out on them. Jen, the father does nothing. Don't you feel like Michael Landon, I'm sorry, Charles Ingalls, would have, like, kicked some ass? I turned to my husband and I said, can I get a quote from you for my podcast? And he's like, what? (laughs) I said, would you or would you not jump off your wagon and beat the shit out of these kids? And he said, 100%. (laughs) So again, Timmy and I would beat up children. Is that Timmy Archer quote 100% unquote? Quote 100% end quote. (laughs) We would punch these assholes. Well, first of all, they're like six foot two. So (laughs) they're they're like... They're like the 30-year-olds in the class. Okay. At Elmer's that night, the mother's ironing the new shirt. Elmer's in the barn practicing his speech in front of his animals. He's really sweet. He's a really sweet kid. Sam walks in, and he has to, like, they have this hard talk where he, like, breaks it to Elmer that these kids are doing this to terrorize you. Which I think he knows. He knows. He knows. He's just in denial of it. So he... It's Sam, the father Sam is like, I'm going to go tell these kids' parents. And Elmer begs him not to. And he's like, okay, I won't, but you have to drop out of the election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jen. It's election day, and oh. Elmer's new shirt is quite nice. Right? Is Did it, you like it? Is it burlap? I don't know. It's a little of. big. It's a little big. She probably has one pattern. Yeah, probably. Elmer is walking to school and runs across the douchebags. I'm going to spare you a lot of this. Basically, they lure him to a pig pen and shove him in. It's real bad. These guys are so pathetic. I hate these motherfuckers. Where'd they come from? Who are they? I, they're randos. <laughs> okay. Are they the kids that are always in the fields when Willie's the only boy at school? <laughs> like, I don't know. At school, Mary is giving the lamest speech ever. And I wrote, where's your campaign manager? Where's Laura with the bossy Nelly tweet poster? I'm like, Come Mary, on. don't don't be too excited. Don't get too excited. She's literally talking like this. Like she's the worst for supporting. She's the worst candidate. Guys, speaking of, I hope you enjoyed Amy's rewrite corner in our last episode. Worked hard on that. That alternate ending. Now I didn't have a problem with this ending. Whatever. Can we move on? Nellie, Jen, gets up and gives a really schmoozy speech and promises everyone cake and ice cream. She's addressing her super packs. These kids are going to be 190,000 pounds. And their teeth are going to be rotted out of their mouth. And they're all going to have type 2 diabetes. <laughs> all right. Elmer comes walking in covered in pig shit. And I wrote, no one noticed he didn't. he wasn't there yet? I guess not. He's one of the only three candidates. I know. Miss Beetle freaks out. She tells Elmer to go home and clean up and then they'll vote. But he tells Miss Beetle he was nominated as a joke and he's not running. This turns into what is actually a pretty decent speech. I just, I just wrote feel the burn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he's like covered in pig shit, like giving like the equal rights speech. <laughs> he gives a pretty good speech about bullying and he throws Nellie under the bus while he's at it. Yep. Like, just randomly throws her in there. He says, my mother made me this shirt because she loves me. And Mary starts crying. Mary, this is a bit much. (laughs) Sobbing. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Yep. So Mary raises her hand and she withdraws and she is sobbing. And she said, she's withdrawing 
because she's voting for Elmer. Oh, my God. The class votes, Jen, and it's tied between Nellie and Elmer. Willie's the deciding vote, and guess where he is? In the the outhouse. I have a question. Why did Lori get the job of certifying the election? I know, dude. I was that. Like, that's a conflict of interest. Oh, Mary dropped out. Mary dropped out. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. But Jen, there's really like no privacy for Willie. Like, why make him write it down and put it in the jar? We all I know he's casting. He should have just said it as well. And Nellie's all like, oh, I got this. Mm-hmm. Guess who Willie voted for? Well, I wrote, is Willie going to vote against his own interests? As a small kid who was built bullied, he right. should be voting for Elmer. Willie votes for Elmer. Willie, hero Epic of the move. episode. Epic move. Nellie freaks out. And Willie says, Nellie's always picking on him and Elmer won't allow it anymore. Yeah, he votes for his interest. Good for him. Yep. <laughs> the girls run over to the mill to tell Paul what happened and Elmer's dad is there. And there's this weird tense. A weird tension again. Like two minutes where you don't know if he's going to punch Elmer in the face. Well, because he did, he he defied him. He ended mm-hmm. up back in the election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jen, he does the right thing and he congratulates him and hugs him. They ride off and we never see Elmer Dobkins yep, ever again. That's it. That's the end. Mm-hmm. Rando gone. Done. All right, Jenny. So that's the end of the episode. Thoughts? Uh, I thought this was boring. Really? <laughs> oh God, I thought it was so good. <laughs> you and I have different opinions about what's entertaining apparently oh yeah it's not it doesn't have the high action of a goat (laughs) (laughs) jenny and i literally had a fight last night over who's a better character fred or charles ingles oh my god there's not even a competition jenny is defending fred as better than paul guys (laughs) as more entertaining She's like, put a poll up in the Mimi Bees. I'm like, I'm not even going to embarrass you with that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then I'll know who my true insurrectionists are when I come time to take over. Jesus. All right, Jen. Whose fault is this? This is Miss Beetle's fault. I normally Ooh. don't blame her for things. I oh. normally am very pro Miss Beetle. But why do we need a class president and a class of 16 people? What is the point of this? She's teaching them about democracy. This is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? She taught them about how awful politics is. She really did. <laughs> I feel like this is the bully's fault. Because okay. they're just evil bullies. And I hate them. I hate them, hate them, hate them, hate them. That's it. I don't have any profound reasoning behind it. Okay. But they're just assholes. And I want to blame them for everything. I mean, they're definitely a fault here, but... Like, Why are we even doing this? They would have been picking on Elmer no matter what. Like, what does the class president do? And they're like a new class president. Who is the old class president? <laughs> he died. We've been watching this for two years. There's been no class president. His wife got pregnant and he had to go off and plant some crops. <laughs> He's like 40. <laughs> okay. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and think about a theme or a lesson that we kind of took from the original airing of this or when we saw it as kids or something we noticed on the rewrite. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence Gen X. This is why. Do you so mean Jenny, rewatch? You said rewrite. Oh, the rewatch. I'm sorry. Jenny, what's your goddamn why for this episode? <laughs> this is why I will never, ever run for office. This oh. was a brutal election. Walnut Grove. No, thanks. <laughs> 
it gave a bad it gave a bad spin on politics. Like that's what of, I was trying to tell you though. Why did they do that? Like instead of instead of coming at it from the angle of like public service, like mm-hmm. this is a noble thing to do, they came at it as like this is a shit show and it's gonna chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. And that that's deliberate. Yeah, but like, what is the message they're giving to nine-year-old me? Or, well, I mean, we watched. I just want to be clear. We watched this in the eighties. Yes, that was in syndication. So, like, yeah, I wasn't nine in the seventies. Right? Was I? No, I was five at the end of the seventies. Yeah. So my why, Jenny, is this is why parenting is so important. I mean, I have to say that father was a good parent. I was really impressed with him. Is someone making the argument that parenting is not important? I shouldn't say this is why parenting is important. I should say this is why good parenting matters so much. Okay, that's better. Because that kid would have been afloat on an island had he not had good parents. Yeah. Yep. Like his parents listened to him, understood him. They let him do the things with the, the squirrels the and the yep. <laughs> yep. Like they just really were good parents. And it was really refreshing to see because like I said... Little house often goes the other way. Well, if this was Edward's kid, they'd be he'd be trying to break him of this. Like, yep, they wouldn't give him. They like these guys gave him the space to fly his freak flag and like yes. do his little animal show. Yes, I <laughs> bet you, you got to do that. He's got to let kids be who they are. I bet you, for as many issues as Elmer Dobkins has had, that he grew up to be just fine. This is Jenny's parenting advice corner. He's got to let kids be who they are. I know nothing about parenting. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't listen to Jenny. Zero. Yeah. And you don't have to listen to me either. I mean, just talk to my kids. I'm doing it all wrong, too. Some experience. I'm doing it all wrong, too. Okay, Jenny, did you want to address the review that we got? I, I have to read this review because I think it's hilarious. So guys, thank, you, thank all. you for your five-star reviews. We appreciate it so, 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 so much. Go ahead. Yeah, so we read all of your feedback. I also, I have to say too, like with that survey that we're taking for the Bee Gees album, we're getting some comments and they're really funny. And we read everything and we really <laughs> love the feedback. So thank you. This five star review is from Sully four five six seven, Little House fan. I watched as a kid and started watching again during quarantine. I needed this show because no one else wants to talk about a forty five year old show. <laughs> Sully, you have found your people. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> do not underestimate how lame we can be. We will talk about a 45-year-old show. No problem. And that's when I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is 45 years old. Like, when it aired. Like, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we watched it later. but Yeah, because it started in 1974. Yeah. And you are how old, Jenny? 46. You'll be 46, right? No, I'll be 47. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Oh, right? Wait, am I wrong? No, I'll be 47. Oh. You start to forget how old you are. <laughs> Mom asked me yesterday how old I was. I had to think for a second. Yeah, it's weird. You just forget. Well, plus like this year, did a year go by? Has a year gone by? I don't know. It was the longest year yet. It went by the fastest. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? Because so, we lied to them last week. We lied in the finale. Well, we, we're gonna have to, we'll just have to post what we're doing here. Yeah. You did this. You I did, did this. this. This is my fault. Guys, so, I love 
politics. I'm addicted. I'm crazy about it. So when I saw the opportunity to talk about an election, I was all in. Okay. So we are finally wrapping up season three, which I feel like we've been in for a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and there's so many good things coming up in season four. There's so many requests from the Mimis in season four. So we're excited to be starting that soon, but we're going to wrap it up with the season finale Episode 21, Gold Country, The Long Play. (laughs) A heavy rain has been falling in Walnut Grove for two months and shows no signs of stopping. Charles fears that his crops will suffer and his family will go hungry. He takes them on a 400-mile journey for a temporary new life in Gold Country. Carolyn opens a school in a tent right in the middle of town, but it proves to be less than ideal learning environment for everyone. (laughs) Fuck. This is going to set my, this is going to bother me because I have a weirdness. Like I hate, I hate dirty things. Like, okay, mom, this is, do you know my mother? No, 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 no. My mother would not watch Game of Thrones because people had dirty fingernails. No, I swear to God. No, no, I'm not that way. I'm bothered by dirt in my own home. So like we live on a dirt road and we have mud season here. Like literally everything is muddy. I feel like they're describing mud season in Walnut Grove. Like, can you imagine what Edwards field looks like outside his door? (laughs) He probably can't even get out of his house. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So thank you guys. And we'll see you soon. Hi everyone, Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed. Patreon.com slash This Is Why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisisy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi. I'm- I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.